0: This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening.
1: A very good morning to everyone. And um, I thank God that we have this privilege together, even via Mm. Zoom, a privilege that one generation ago we would not have. Let's begin this time by asking God to help us as we open up His Word. Let's pray. Oh dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book of Psalms. Father, we thank you that it contains words to express things and emotions and truth that we cannot find words by ourselves. We pray this morning as we open up Psalms 27, God, that you will help us by your Holy Spirit to engage with your truth and meditate on your truth, that we may be strengthened as we pray and look to you. In all things. We pray all this in Jesus name. Amen. December 1997, I was standing in front of the Tower of Terror at Dreamworld in Gold Coast. Back then, this newly launched roller coaster was the first in the world to reach 160 kilometers per hour in mere seconds. Its speed promises moments of weightlessness and unimaginable terror. The pressure was on to get on with the rest of my soon-to-be army friends. Uh, it, was, it was high. And the only thing, if you were to step on that um, at that train, is a bar, a rigid lap bar with hand grips mounted to it. Now, if you were the one who was being ushered into this passenger seat, what will you grab hold of? Or imagine in some other situations, a young child entering kindergarten for the first time while holding on to the hand of her mom. Or a young lady being wheeled into the operation theater for brain surgery while her new spouse placed his hand on her. Or perhaps an old person holding on to his spouse of 60 years and he starts to find breathing harder and harder. In each of these cases, the sufferer will seek the support or hand that can provide the much-needed relief, security, and assurance. Now, how about an ancient king? An ancient king who was surrounded by countless enemies, both unknown amongst his people or known enemies that are beyond his ability to overcome. What will he hold on to for the much-needed comfort, guidance, and assurance? Well, this morning we come to Psalm 27. It is a psalm of David. This is a psalm of trust in a time of fear. Well, it's not clear to us really what situation David was in. Perhaps it was his early days where he was in pursuit by Saul. Perhaps he had become the king of Israel and still face at times the threats of the Philistines. Perhaps it was one of his later years as an old man. There was so much suffering in David's life that we are not sure when this was written. But one thing was clear. David was facing enemies that he should be afraid of. Now, if you were to take uh, an observation of Psalm 27, if you have your Bible with you open and you glance at just the two Psalms around Psalms 27, you'll notice that these three Psalms focus on the house of the Lord. Psalm 26 verse 8, 27 verse 4, 28 verse 2. In, in Psalms 26, the king comes to worship at the house of the Lord and his heart was tested and was seen blameless. In Psalm 27, the king comes to find shelter in the house of the Lord. And then later in Psalm 28, the king spreads his request for rescue at God's most holy place. He asks for rescue not just for himself, but for his people, which David says, God, these are your people. Now, Psalm 27, our psalm today, is a song of trust by David as he faces his enemies, which Israel will sing with their king. Now here's a brief structure of Psalm 27. In verses 1 to 3, it describes David's confidence in the Lord God. Verses 4 to 6, it describes David's longing to be close to God. Verses 7 to 12, David then calls upon himself that he needs to pray, and he did. And finally, as he come out of it in verses 13 to 14, David's prayer strengthened him to wait courageously for the Lord's rescue. Now, if you begin right at the beginning, in verse one, the Lord is my light, he says, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? Here David describes God as, as light. A salvation and stronghold. These are pictures that describes protection when one has fallen into danger or in darkness. Being a shepherd, later a warrior, and finally a king, David knows that these are what keeps a sheep and a person safe. If we consider light. There are roads that we dare not walk in the night but we will walk confidently in the day. For the light keeps the darkness at bay. There were days when everything seems dark around the king and his people. But God, his light is his salvation. God is also his stronghold. The stronghold for the king and the people in his kingdom. Now, there was a story in the Lord of the Rings where there were two hobbits by the name Frodo and Sam. Frodo and Sam, they were walking in the enemy's land called Mordor. Darkness was surrounding them, and things were turning for the worse when Frodo got stuck in a terribly huge web. He was doomed to become the feast of a poisonous giant spider named Shalop. But just as darkness was about to overwhelm him, They, the the hobbits, they took out, they suddenly took out a very bright crystal object called the field of Galadriel. It was this crystal filled with light. And the darker the night, the darker the land, the brighter the crystal shines forth. And the presence of this powerful light became the hobbits' security. Because of the light, darkness moved back and they became afraid of Frodo and Sam, and and it stumbles. And because of this like, the helpless hobbits, they dared to walk bravely down to meet the eyes of their enemies. Now, dear friends, it is not enough to just know that the Lord God is like, because even enemies will know that and they will shudder. But as the enemies surround King David, David He held on to God and then cried out that the Lord is my light, my salvation, the stronghold of my life. He grabs on to the very personal relationship he has with the Lord God who is his light, his salvation, his stronghold. And because of that, he says in verse 2 to 3, he says this, The wicked advanced against me to devour me. It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. The enemy's terror, it should have overwhelmed David. But David, three times he looked to the Lord and he declared, I will not fear, I will not fear, I will not fear. Instead, David says he will remain confident. This is the song of King David. And it was equally the song of ancient Israel when the king faces enemies that are also their enemies. For the reality is this, their kingdom rise and falls based on the fate of their king. If you look at escalation, In in the verses, it says the wicked, and then this wicked became the enemies and the foes, and they were army, and finally it was a war against David. Against David and his kingdom. Now, dear brothers and sisters, we, we are not part of the ancient Israel now living under David's kingdom facing a physical enemy. But we do have a king, the descendant of David, King Jesus. And Jesus has a far greater kingdom, a kingdom of heaven, of which Christians we now live under. There are enemies, enemies who want our king to fail, but they will stumble and fall because our king trusts in the Lord God. The ancient Israel, they face real enemies against their physical kingdom. You and I, we too face real enemies who are against our king's eternal kingdom. Enemies who detest the name of Jesus. What ancient Israel they will sing Psalm 27 by looking to the faith of their King David. We can sing Psalm 27, looking to the faith of our King Jesus, the Son of David, even as the enemies come to us in the form of trials, temptations to frighten us, to threaten us to cause us to look away from God, we can pray and sing Psalm 27 to the Lord God in our Lord Jesus, our King Jesus. Now with the brothers and sisters in persecuted countries, we can call the Lord God our light, our salvation, the stronghold of our lives. As a church, I can still remember clearly, that we have called on the Lord, we have prayed repeatedly for our brothers and sisters in the Middle East for weeks and months when the news of ISIS overwhelmed our world. I don't know if you still remember that, that we have been praying and been praying and giving. And we can see that in those dark years, God upheld His people. The light of our God was their salvation. And we are not just praying for it. A physical kingdom, but the spiritual and eternal kingdom that belongs to our king. We can have confidence that as long as we are under the banner of our king, darkness will not stand. Now David goes on from verses 4 to 6. David now speaks of his longing for the Lord. This is what he said in verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Now, brothers and sisters, friends, here's a question for us. If you ask God, if we can ask God for anything, what will you ask from God? Anything, what will you ask from God? To live longer? To be healthier, to be richer, to be prettier, to be happier? To pass our exams, to have friends, or spouse, or a child? What is your greatest desire that would make every other beautiful things fade in comparison? What would you ask from God? Just think for a moment. What would you ask from God? Well, David. David said one thing he would ask. This is his greatest desire, to dwell in God's presence and to gaze upon his beauty. You know, such was David's single-minded desire. More than the kingdom, he desires the one who makes him the king. God was the one David most desired to grab hold of when facing his tower of terror, when walking into the unknown, when facing life-threatening situations, when facing his greatest enemy, death. David, he desires more than the gifts of the Lord. He desires the giver, the Lord himself. And under David's desperate situation, you can imagine that he could have wished for a hundred other practical things. But he sought what was dearest to him, to dwell in the presence of the Lord. This was the heart of David in good and in bad times. In Second Samuel 7, we read of this desire of David in his most glorious and his best times. I want to read two verses from Second Samuel 7 for us. This was what happened in his best times. 2 Samuel 7, verse 1 and 2. After the king David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him the rest from all his enemies around him, David said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in the house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. In his good days, David, he could not bear living in a palace when the ark of God was under a canvas. His heart longs for his God. And in Psalm 27, in his bad days, David could not bear to live anywhere outside of God's presence. He desires to be in God's tent because he knew that God is good, that God knows what is good for him. Now, I can only imagine this from the perspective Of a parent. Often parents can see the needs of their little children. We can say, we may say yes to some requests. We may say no to things that are harmful to them. Or perhaps we will say wait if there are opportunities for growth and we have to be patient with them. And if the children have learned to love and trust their parents, they can also trust that their daddy and mommy will do what is good for them. Their parents are more than willing to be their shelter and protection on the stormy nights. Now King David, when his greatest desire and trust is for the Lord, he behaves like a child who has confidence that God is more than willing to keep him safe and be his shelter his hair will be lifted up and the dark clouds will eventually be dispersed. He can once more sacrifice shouts of joy and to sing and make music before his God and his Lord once more. Now, dear friends, some of us here, we may find it easy to make music and sing before the Lord. But there are some of us here as well that we feel like dry bones. Dry bones that are almost crushed under the weight of darkness or trials or temptations and pressures. I don't know if you're one of them. And we can barely leave our voices to sing. If that is you, if that is us, that we feel darkness in the forms of trials or temptations overwhelming us, we need to come back to God. We need to pray Psalm 27 under the banner of our king. Here's the thing. The ancient Israelites, they were following David, their king, who knew all about living under the pressure of darkness. The enemy pursuits, threats, temptations, and depressions that urges David to give up on God. But the people of God, they could persevere because their king persevered. David's solution in his darkest moment was to call on himself and so his people to pray even more fervently to God. Verses 7 to 12. Listen to how David speaks to himself. Look at verse 7 with me. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Dear friends, I want us to pause here and see if we have catch what just happened. Verse 8, David's heart was speaking to David saying, David, seek God's face. And in response to his heart, David says to God, Lord, your face, I seek. His heart says, isn't that what you desire in verse four? Now, seek him. And in verse eight, David turned and seek God. No, dear friends, there'll be times where we will need to tell ourselves to seek God rather than to blame God. Because sometimes we talk a lot about God, but we talk very little to God. But the psalmist did both. In verses 1 to 6, David was speaking about God. And then in verse 7 to 12, David was speaking to God directly. Now, if I were to give an extra sub-haters for the second half of Psalm 27, perhaps I would have titled 7 to 12, God, Your Face, Your Way. And when he finished praying, verse 13 to 14. It is his faith and his wit. Now, friends, some people may think, especially if they're not Christians, some people may think Christians' prayer are merely self-talk. We're just talking to ourselves. But that is not true at all. There is a place for self-talk as we can see in verse 8a. My heart says to me, David's heart was talking to David saying, David, seek say the one thing. You have set your heart on. And in response to his self-talk, David turns and then he talks directly to God saying, Your face, Lord, I will seek. And what did David say to God? If you look at verse 9, it says, Do not hide your face. Do not turn away. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. At the prompting of his heart, David cries out to God for mercy and appeals to God based on their relationship. David says to God, I am your servant and you are my help, verse 9. Now, one of the most appealing part of praying through the Psalms is the raw emotions that comes forth from the psalmist himself. It is unreserved and there is no pretense. Perhaps that's why we love the psalm so much. The emotions are playing raw and it is towards God. But we know this. David, he was not sitting on an ivory tower drinking English breakfast tea, writing a poem. He was perspiring. He was shivering. He was facing real enemies, real threats, real terror. Without prayer... David, he could literally be looking down his palace tower with terror as the enemies march up towards his kingdom and the fear of him falling to his death. Once again, David reaffirms his trust in God in verse 10. David says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Now, we will have flipped the Bible and we will have noted that Scriptures has never told us that David's parents abandoned him. So verse 10 really was a metaphor to describe God's unwavering care for David. I want to look at one verse with you. In Isaiah 49, 15, this is what God said. God said this, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. God used the closest metaphor we have, the greatest love between a mother and the child she has given birth. A mother would not give up on her child, but God says, my love for you is greater still. Now, dear friends, this is God's love that even if a mother would abandon the child, God would never abandon his beloved ones. David didn't have this experience. It was a metaphor. But friends, there are Christians in our world where their parents have forsaken them because they believe in King Jesus. For these Christians, perhaps some of us have been in such situation where we say we are Christians. For these Christians, these words of the psalmist speaks to you and to them even if your father or mother or family forsakes you because of your faith, God will never forsake you. Psalm 27 is a tremendous comfort for the fatherless on a Father's Day who feel abandoned by their families. Now look with me again as we come back to Psalm 27. If David, speaking of God in verse 1 to verse 6 reveals his faith, then David speaking to God in verses 7 to 12 will strengthen his faith and the faith of those who praise Psalm 27. David prays to God, the very character of God, and plead upon God's mercy. And because David was one after God's own heart, he prayed this in verse 11. David said, Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Here is God's King who delights in God's law and asks God to help him meditate on God's teachings day and night and to walk the straight path. David prays that he will be like the blessed one in some one who refuses under pressure to walk in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And because King David has this special covenantal relationship with God, which we find in 2 Samuel 7 and Psalm 2, the rest of Israel under David, they can sing and pray Psalm 27. In their times of darkness, troubles, trials, temptations, distress, discouragement, in the times of pressures from enemies, they can pray under the relationship their king has with God. Now, how about us? How about you and I? How do we sing and pray Psalm 27? As Gentile Christians living in Singapore, where David's land is not there, The way it was. Well, we will sing this under the banner of David's son, the greater king proclaimed under 2 Samuel 7 and Psalm 2. The one God ultimately installed as the king of Zion on his holy mountain. The the one God declares, you are my son. The one who can ask from God and God will give him the nations, his inheritance, the ends of the earth, his possession. And we can sing under the banner of King Jesus uh, that this ans- this prayer that we pray will be answered. Now, dear friends, if, if you are just visiting us here today and you might even say, I wish I can know God like that. I wish I can have confidence that the psalmist has in Psalm 27. I want to say to you, here is the good news. The good news is that you can sing Psalm 27 if you come to believe in God's King. If you believe in God's King in the Lord Jesus, Jesus will take you under His wings and that you too can cry out to God with the same confidence. Now I want to invite us to listen to this. What King David, he sincerely declares, verse 4, there is one with a greater desire there's even more than David's. Because David, the history tells us, David didn't keep verse 4 all the time. Not when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, when he murdered her husband and shamed God. But there is one, there's one covenantal king who declared verse 4, he kept it his whole life perfectly. One of Jesus' disciples, he wrote this in John 2, 16, 17. Jesus was in the temple and he said to those who were selling doves there, he says, get this out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Again, while David sincerely prayed and cried out to God in verse 8, like a priest for himself and the salvation of his kingdom, There's one king greater than David who prays even more fervently for himself and for the salvation of his kingdom. I want us to look at this verse from Hebrews 5 verse 7 to 10 about Jesus. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was hurt because of his reverent submission. The son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, listen to this, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who believed in him and was designated by God to be the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Well, King David, well, King David faced Enemies, false witnesses, malicious accusers in verse 12. It was the King of the Jews, the King of the world, Jesus, who bore the full brunt of false witness and malicious accusation from his own people, as we saw in our Mark series a few weeks ago. Now, while David he trusts that he will overcome the enemies yet again in verses 13. It was King Jesus who truly entered the darkest moment of death. But then He rose again to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, which He bestowed to everyone under His banner. You now, Dear brothers and sisters, let me ask this question again. How do you and I sing Psalm 27 with great confidence? If we merely pray by ourselves, without having relationship with God, there is nothing to tell you that God will answer you. But if we pray because we are under the banner of our king and we now have a relationship with God, as the ancient Israel would have prayed under the banner of their king, you and I, we can have great confidence that the Lord God will listen when we pray and cry out to him, Psalm 27, because he has already answered the prayer of King Jesus. And so we can declare as Jesus did of our confidence in God in verse 1 to 3. In Jesus, we can declare that God is our light. God is our salvation, our stronghold. Even when you and I feel the darkness of trials, of temptations, of fear, of uncertainties, even when we hear the accusation of the evil one of all our failures. We can grab hold of God in our darkest night because Christ has grabbed hold of you and me. We can declare as Jesus did our longing for God in verses 4 to 6. We can pray. This is our prayer. We can. Father, we long for our greatest desire to be with you. You have already given us a new heart and our desire is to dwell with you all our days. But dear God, you know, you know our flesh tempts us in every direction. But in Jesus, we pray that you grow our desire to love you and long for you more and more today and make it perfect on the day when Christ comes back for us. We can pray verse 4 in our Lord Jesus. We can ask God as our King did, that we will be in God's Presence, we will see God's face and God's way. We can pray, Father, here I will cry for mercy. Our spirit calls us to seek you and so here we are. Please don't hide from us in your anger or reject us. Show us mercy. Show us mercy, God, for the sake of our King. Teach us your way that we can walk in this path of light. That we will not give in to the ways of the wicked ones. And verse 12, do not turn us over to the desires of our enemies. When temptation comes, when trials come, unwanted desires, when pressures, when depression comes, God, preserve our faith in those darkest valleys that we face. Because Jesus has walked that darkest valley for us already. And finally, if we pray to God in Jesus We can declare verse 13 to 14 together as a church, as a local church and with God's family, even in the persecuted countries, we can declare with confidence verse 13 that we remain confident in this, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters, as we close here, I want us to look at verse Psalm 27 and take heart. Take heart that we have a king who had sung Psalm 27 perfectly with his life. It was answered by God already. And so we too can be strong and take heart as we pray Psalm 27. And as we do that, we wait for the Lord because the Lord may give us relief. Relief from our trials and temptations and fears and persecution and pain and sorrows and darkness very quickly. Or He may cause us to wait a bit longer so that we'll grab to Him as tight as we can. But the promise that we will be in the land of the living for eternity will definitely be fulfilled because Jesus has already shown that God answers prayer. I want to close this time by inviting you to listen to just a song, a song from Psalm 27. And as you listen to this song, you can sing along to it. You can reflect on the words again, or you can pray these words with confidence in Jesus that we have a relationship with the Lord, with our light, our salvation, and our stronghold. So I'm going to play this song, and you can enjoy it for the moment.
0: ¡Gracias For information, visit us online at busypc.sg.